Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. All right, we're gonna do, I'm going to do a quick recap from last week. We found out that our greatest weapon is the Bible. So why are we not using it? In Joshua 1, it says, don't let this book of instructions depart from you. And everything that you do, you will succeed and prosper. All right. And then we, we also knew that when are you going to be tired of fear and the devil kicking your butt? We talked about in Numbers 13 to 30, 30 through 31, the, the Israelites, they were told to go into Canaan. And the two spies came back and they said that we can't overtake them. We can't conquer them. They're too big. After God had brought them through a whirlwind of things, they got, they, they got there. And before they even went into Canaan, they were defeated. All right. And then we learned about squatters' rights. The devil and fear squatting in, in areas in your life and oppositions and in situations in your life. And it's time to tell the devil to get out because you're going to walk in the divine authority in which God has given you. That's what the Israelites were supposed to do and they did not do. But you're not going to be the Israelites. Amen? Amen. And then we also talked about when are you going to walk on faith? We talked about in Matthew 14, 28, how Jesus walked on water and how we always read that Peter walked on water. But Peter did not walk on water. Peter walked on faith. So when are you going to step out the boat, step into the game of life, trust and believe in your faith in God that he will meet you where you're at? We're not going to be the disciples. We're going to be Peter. We're going to step out. We're going to put on our spiritual blinders. We're not going to be moved by what's going on in our situation. We're not going to be moved by what we see and what people are saying around us. We're going to be focused on what God told us. And if we slip and fall, we're going to reach out like Peter did. He's going to say, Father, and he's going to meet you. He's going to grab you. He's going to pick you, pick you up. You're going to dust yourself off and get back in the game of life. Get back in the fight because faith is a fight. Amen. Amen. All right. The title of my message tonight is Faith is a Fight, part two. All right. Okay. Put up my first note, please. Now, my first note is, do you really, do you really trust God is going to do what he said? I'm going to say it again. Do you really trust that God is going to do what he said? All right. Or are you going to be like the people in Malachi 3.14? that said it's vain and useless to serve God. How many times have you said it's vain or useless to serve God? No, don't look like that. You've said it. You need some examples. Well, it is what it is. I don't have enough. I tried, I tried, Pastor. I tried praying. It's not, it's not working. I, I guess I'll go without. Those are all the same things that people in Malachi 3.14 were saying. The same thing we say today. Okay? But I thought we served the God of Ephesians 3.20. We know the scripture. We might not know the actual verse it comes out of, but we know the scripture. Unto now, now unto him that is able to do the exceedingly, the abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Or that's just we, that what we say at the end of every service when we pray. Are we going to start walking in the divine authority in which God has given us? We are heirs of God along with Jesus. So we, God has given us the same faith, the same access, the same power that he's given Jesus Christ. Do we not know that? 
come on, ladies and gentlemen, let's pick up this, this book right here, this 66 books, and start applying it to our lives. This isn't just a prop on our nightstand. Amen? All right. The problem is most people have more faith in earthly things, man-made things, than we do in the Word of God. You get a headache, and the first thing you do is grab a 250-milligram ibuprofen instead of opening up the 66 books of the Bible, decreeing and declaring the word of God over your life and calling yourself healed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. When do we have more trust in man than we do in God? So my question to you is, do you have more trust and faith in man or in God? Come on now. Because that's not faith, that's fear. That ain't even foolishness. When God, Genesis, what, 2-7, when he took the breath and blew into the dirt, he didn't blow fear in that blow. It was life. You can't blow fear and life. You can't blow fear and life. They'll contradict each other. Because when he blew the, the, the life, the breath of life into man, if he would have blown fear, then man would have already fallen. I'm going to say it again. When he blew the breath of life into man, if he would have blown fear at the same time, man would have already fallen. I also said in last week's, in last week's service, when man fell, God didn't take the keys out of, uh, take the keys from man and toss it to the devil and say, you got it till I get back. But the devil is the God of deception. He's duped you so much that he, that he has you thinking you don't even have the keys. You got the keys in your pocket and you don't even know it. All right? Okay. In 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not given you the spirit of fear. So you don't have fear. And in, and in, and in Genesis 2.7, Adam didn't have fear. So why are we operating as fear is just so gripping our lives today? Why are we so scared as Christians and as believers? Just how an animal can smell fear, you know, the devil can too, right? The same way that animal can smell fear, so can the devil. But if, you, but if you're leaning not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging him and using the greatest tool he's ever given you, the devil has to get out your way. He has to get out your way. When are we going to stop leaning on our own understanding and lead on the 66 books of the Bible? Amen? Amen. All right. Put up my next point, please. My next point says, are you fully convinced? Are you fully convinced? Now we're going to go to Romans 4, 19 through 21. Now this is real familiar. It's talking about Abraham. All right. It says, he did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body to be already dead since he was about 100 years old, and also the, dead, the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in unbelief at God's promise, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God because he was fully convinced. He was fully convinced that what God had promised, he was also able to do. He's 100 years old, and yet he's still fully convinced, fully persuaded unquestioning belief that God is going to meet him and do what he says. He's a hundred. 
He's he's a hundred years old, yet he still has the uncompromised faith that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. You asked God for something this morning, you didn't lost faith in him. He is a hundred. Why can't we have the faith of Abraham? The reason why most of you guys waver in your faith, the reason why most of you aren't fully persuaded is because you're telling people what you have your faith out for and what God said he was going to do in your life to small-minded people or people who aren't fully convinced or fully persuaded. So stop telling what your faith is out for to small-minded people. Stop being moved by what you hear, by your circle. If you have the most faith and have, and you're the most, and you're, your faith is out there more than everyone in your group. It's just like when they tell you, if you're the smartest person in your group, you're in the wrong group. So if you're exercising your faith more than everybody else in your group, you're probably in the wrong group. You probably need to get around people who are, who are at their faith out there and are exercising their faith as you are. Okay? Now, please go to my next point, please. The word of God is our proof of ownership and title. The word of God is our proof of ownership and title. Now, who all has a car? Everyone has a car? Show, show me you have a car. How would you show me you have a car? You got your keys, you got a picture of your car? That could be your mama's car. How do I know it's yours? You would probably go get the title or the bill of sale. That's how you would show me that that's your car. I got my faith out for this. Well, show, well how, how, do, how do I know you got it? That's my truck. How, do, how, do you, how am I going to show you that's my truck? The word of God is your bill of sale. This is your title. This is the proof to say, hey, Mr. Rollins, I got it. This is your proof. This is all you need right here. Now, I'm going to give you some proof. Go to Jeremiah 29, 11. Matter of fact, I, I'm going to read it real quick. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. The God never speaks in, pres- in future tense. I said that last week. I'm going to say it again. He doesn't speak in future tense. He already calls it done. He already knows what's going to happen. He already knows the outcome of the story. So why would I talk as if I don't know what's going to happen? So why don't we act like, why don't we talk and in, in, in walk in the divine authority how God does? Like it's already done. I already have it. I already have the money for the business. I already have everything I need to do what my faith is out for. Faith is an attitude, is a disposition, it is a persona. To non-believers, it comes off as cocky or arrogant. The, the deeper part is to Christians and believers that are in these pews every Sunday and Wednesday that aren't fully persuaded or fully convinced, you sound cocky or arrogant to them. Oh, here comes Mr. Spiritual. Here comes Mr. Big Faith. So it's not just the circles that you're with Monday through Friday. It's the circles you're with on Sundays and Wednesdays. Because if you're not around people who are, are stretching their faith out on an everyday basis. They say birds of a feather flock together. You're either gonna become stagnant and complacent where you're at in life, or they'll pull you back, regardless of the fact you're not gonna progress forward in the things of God, amen? Okay. The world says, the world's ways is that you can only possess what is tangible. That means what you can see, touch, smell, taste. You understand what I'm saying? Tangible means perceptible by touch for all my English majors out there. 
all right? Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know that scripture. We can say it with our eyes closed. Now, we know it's not seen to the eyes who aren't looking through their spiritual eyes. It's not seen until you look, until you operate in the divine authority through your spiritual eyes. You can see that it's already done, just like in Jeremiah 29, 11. So when you start operating in the authority in which God has given, you can call things done that can't be seen or tangible to the world's view. But to God's eyes, it's already done. God has revealed some amazing things to you. He's shown you a lot of amazing things in your, in your study time while you're asleep. He showed you a lot of great ideas. But then when you go around your friends and your family and they shoot them down, you want to know why? Because God ain't showed him. He showed you. So how can you expect somebody that doesn't have the faith or is fully convinced, as you are, to believe that God's going to do something of that magnitude in your life? How can you expect people around you to, to be able to perceive what, something that is so great that God has done for you? That's why he showed him. He showed you. So don't be moved by people not being able to perceive, I mean, uh, to, to be able to identify or understand what you're talking about, what God showed you last night, because God didn't show them. God might have shown them something, but he didn't show them something that was for you. That was for you. So don't, don't, don't waver in your faith in God because your surroundings don't verify or validate or even applaud or even push you in. Hey, get your faith out there for that. All right. You just got to change your group, change your circle. My dad always says, you'll find your group. Sometimes you got to change your group for where you're going in life. Sometimes the, the, the circle that you're around isn't conducive or supportive for, where, for what God has for you. And it's, it might be uncomfortable at a, at, at, at a particular point. You might be by yourself finding your group. But you got to get around. You got to get from around the people you're around and get around some people that are going to push you to where you're going. Or you'll remain stagnant and complacent where you're at in life. Amen? All right. Now I'm going to go back over these points real quick. Amen? Do you really trust that God is going to do what he said? That was my first point. Or are you going to be like the people in Malachi 3.14? You're going to say that it's useless and vain to serve God. Now we're not, we're not saying those exact words, but we're doubting God with our words each and every day. When we say it is what it is, I'll make do without. Oh, Pat, I, I tried praying. I, I just, I'm going to just do it on my own. I lean not on my own understandings, but in all my ways I acknowledge him. When we face an opposition or instance in life where, it, where, where the devil in fear is trying to fight us, why don't we quote the word of God? We always say, oh, my God. Well, then how do we say, oh, my God, then let's quote some, some scriptures and fight back with what the devil is throwing at us. Oh, my God, that. Huh? When is enough enough? It's 2022 and everybody's got these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to lose some weight. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I wonder if in those New Year's resolutions, building up your faith was one of them. Getting closer with God, getting on track to what God has for you. Was that part of those New Year's resolutions? That's my question. I got social media. I see everybody posting. I'm in the gym. And they, January 2nd, everyone's in the gym. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
everyone's, everyone's in there and they got their dumbbells and their resistance bands and they in there going hard on January 2nd. See them in a month. They back at the drive-thru. Number two, ketchup, ketchup and cheese only. Milkshake, no cherry, no whipped cream, two cookies to go. I know they order. I see them. Amen? When are we going to put on our spiritual blinders and not be moved by our surroundings? Stay focused on what God has for us so we can get to where we want to be. God wants you to have everything that belongs to you. Amen? Okay. We have to. Faith is a fight. Every day faith is a fight. First of all, you got your goals written out. A goal that is not written down to hold you accountable is just an idea. A goal must be written out because every day it will hold you accountable. I want to lose this amount of weight. If it's just in your head, there's nothing out there to hold you accountable. But every time you walk by that fridge and double look, you see such and such amount of weight. Well, you're not going to get there going in there getting leftovers, getting extra chili. That's for somebody in here. Don't worry about it. You're not going to get where you want to get out of life if you're not holding yourself accountable. Amen. Amen. So 2022, let's hold ourselves accountable in this fight of faith. This faith fight, let's hold ourselves accountable. Let's not repeat the years that have passed. Let's not be moved by what we see. Let's step out on faith. Let's put, let's step out the boat. We call it jumping off the porch. They say scared money don't make no money. Let's put, jump out on faith and believe God is going to meet you where you're at. All All right. Amen. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.